Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. Clint Black wrote the words, There's no time to kill between the cradle and the grave. Father, time still takes a toll on every minute that you save. Legal tender's never going to change the number on your days. The highest cost of living's dying. That one everybody pays. So have it spent before you get the bill. There's no time to kill. If we'd known 10 years ago today would be 10 years from now, would we spend tomorrow's yesterdays and make it last somehow? Or leave the cheers in someone else's game we never learned to play? See, the rules of thumb are all the same that measure every day. That devil tells us the grass is green on both sides of the hill. But do not listen, because it is time to awaken and prepare. If you don't look ahead, nobody will. There's no time to kill. Often in the course of preparation, there isn't significant time given to specific situations that are sure to arise because leaders have the inability to narrow down priorities and define a true sense of urgency in their men. Keeping their focus always generalized and fearing any narrowing down on repetitions and fundamentals can make the most ready leader extremely unprepared in time management crisis and thinking on his feet. If you want to be one who can engineer the two-minute drive and near every challenge that arises, then you must prepare a sense of urgency in your psyche on a daily basis. The Apostle Paul speaks to the Romans about this looking ahead, saying, Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to awake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Notice that Paul doesn't merely say, I am content in whatever state I'm in, but rather, I have learned to be content, saying, Not that I complain of want, for I have learned how to be abased, and I know how to abound. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and want. Paul had narrowed down the priorities and specifically focused on what and how would make him ready. Paul emphasizes that this contentment, which he exhorts others to choose, just like you and me, is something he himself has chosen. Why? For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardship, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Would you choose strength over comfort? St. Luke records in the book of Acts this story about Paul and Silas and their companion Luke arriving in Philippi on the Sabbath. They were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by her soothsaying. She followed Paul and his friends, crying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul grew annoyed at her constant mocking, and turned and said to the spirit, I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers, saying, These men are Jews. They are disturbing our city. They advocate customs which are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. 
And the crowd joined in, attacking them. And the magistrates tore their garments off and then gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them secure. Well, we might conclude that Paul might have wondered if there wasn't perhaps a better way he could have handled things. Yes, freeing the girl of that demon was praiseworthy. But maybe with a little more patience, he might have avoided being seized and dragged, convicted, attacked, stripped, beat, and thrown into prison. Paul's sense of urgency might be questioned. But without it, would we have the greater story? As St. Luke writes, the benefits that God gave to us actually begin through our decision to choose contentment. You see, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's fetters fell to the ground. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had all escaped. But Paul cried out in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, trembling with fear. He brought them out and said, Men, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. You and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all that were in his household. And that same hour of the night, the jailer washed their wounds and was baptized with all of his family. Do we see that Paul was always looking forward to God's calling, God's nudging, God's whisper? Can a man act with all of his strength if he doesn't train for it? You've all heard the speech. The margin of error is so small. One half step too late or too early, you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. On this team, we fight for those inches. We've been given this picture of a small serpent on a tree branch in the garden, just inches away, tempting Eve. When the actual word that was used for serpent would be better translated into a leviathan, a sea monster, or a dragon, just inches away threatening Eve's life with deceit. We must first acknowledge our enemy is just inches away and uses every means, both sides of every argument, to deceive and destroy. He's cunning, he's terrifying, and he's real. Urging you to relax, to be comfortable, and just rest in the soft green grass on the hill. But do not listen. It is time to awaken and prepare. We are in a fight. Pope Benedict XVI reminded us, we were not made for comfort. We were made for greatness. If you don't look ahead, nobody will. There's no time to kill. Ain't it so? This is Getting Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum.